2: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Taking your calls and your questions, the number to dial is 303-690-3000. 303 uh, Great time to call is at the beginning of the show uh, when all the phone lines are open, and you can text at any time during the show because we'll use the texts to fill in the gaps for when we're waiting for calls. And that's a special dedicated texting line, 720 336 0897. I suggest uh, you put it in your phone book, your, your address book, and then it'll just always be there Calvary Live. Uh, online, Calvary Live Text and you can always text us and we will do our best to get back with you. We don't always, we're not always able uh, to get back with you but uh, we do as we can. 303 690 303 690 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. Well, you know, a lot going on in the world today, uh, a lot that is uh, happening in life, and uh, the Lord is is going to return soon, and it doesn't take much to survey uh, what's going on in the world today. Last night, we had Bible study and a special night. Uh, we're going to do it a little different next year, but we're going to do it next year we had our ugly sweater Wednesday night service, and I would say half the people participated, so thanks guys for coming out uh, for the ugly sweater, And uh, but we're going to do something different next year. I don't know how we might, uh, we'll figure it out. We're going to do something different, but, but at any rate, um, the, the highlight of last night was not ugly sweaters, but it was the Word of God, and we were studying through 2 Kings chapter 3 in a Bible study I entitled, Dig the Ditches, Dig the Ditches. Uh, and it is an interesting study on how God provides, and I spent a considerable amount of time uh, talking about gossip, lies, rumors, social media, and how so many Christians are sinning uh, in this area, both posting nonsense, believing nonsense, gossiping, listening to gossip, and there's a section in 2 Kings chapter 3 where the prophet Elisha tells them, dig the ditches, and that's when God will provide the water. And God does provide. They do dig the ditches. They God does provide the water. And the enemies of Israel, they look at it and say, oh, oh, it looks like blood. It looks like blood. But it wasn't blood. It was water. And that was the phrase. The phrase that was so important was the... That not everything is as it seems uh, that's just what really the Lord put on my on my heart was I was putting my notes together to emphasize not everything is what it seems and 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 you know, having been on the other end of a of a boatload of lies and gossip and nonsense posted about me on social media and um, listen, believers, there is a way to handle difficulties. you know people posting on social media they're not wanting to solve anything. Uh, they, they're just wanting to destroy a person. Uh, they're wanting to destroy someone's rep they not don't, they don't want to solve anything because if they did, they'd obey the Lord. Matthew chapter 18 says if you have a, if your brother sinned against you, go to him and him on Facebook. Oh, it doesn't say that on Twitter, on Instagram. No, it says to go to him, you and him alone. With what? The intention of winning your brother. But what happens is is that forgiveness doesn't flow. People don't want to reconcile. They don't want to come to the table. They would rather talk about you behind your back. Now, I know I'm talking to many people, like you go, Ed, oh man, did something happen this week? No, nothing happened this week, and even if it did, I don't care because I'm not on Facebook anymore, so it doesn't really matter to me. Um, The Lord has spoken to me a long time ago, a couple years ago, uh, specifically this year in in particular, like, man, I'm just going to keep my eyes on the Lord. If somebody really loves me and wants to, to, to reconcile and do it, then they'll... They'll call me directly. They'll come to, to me directly. Anything on social media or blogs or anything is just nonsense. Um, it's not from the Lord. Uh, I and, and you say, Ed, how can you say that? Because the Bible says that. And and so we we spent a lot of time on this. Uh, I would encourage you to pick up the Bible study, you know. And so so what I shared was, and and again, we're waiting for your phone calls, 303 690 3000 303 3000 3,000 is the number. Uh, You know, it's easy to come to wrong conclusions. Not everything is as it seems or appears. And back in the day, you know, I've been pastoring now for 23 years, 24 years, something like that, and... You know, and back in the day when I was teaching Bible studies, it was like, "Hey, you know, don't believe everything you get in that forwarded email." Remember those days where your email box was just filled with crazy uh, forwarded emails? And then it changed. Hey, don't believe everything about that person that's blogging. You know, probably blogging in their grandma's basement uh, and uh, just just stirring up strife. And and then it became Facebook. Don't believe everything you read on Facebook. And then it became you know all the social media. And you know, believers, you just get caught up in things. You forward this and you repost that, and and you don't even you don't even you you believe the worst about somebody. Now, again, that may not be for everyone listening, uh, and it may just be a word for a few listening, but it's worth it. It's worth it because, like you know, it's just a, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And here's the thing: we've all been guilty of it. And so, don't listen to me as if I'm I'm just preaching at you. Uh, it's not true. I have made this sinful mistake myself, and it's shameful. It's wrong. You know that the Bible says that you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. The Bible says a gossip tells secrets, so don't hang around with someone who talks too much. The Bible says uh, what dainty morsels rumors are, but they sink deep into one's hearts. And, and you know, what, what, what what's happened here is somewhere along the way, believers have forgotten that their life belongs to the Lord, and instead they think their opinion is more important, that it's just important that I get my opinion out there, and my opinion's important, and I, and I live in the United States of America, and we have the freedom of speech, and so I'm going to make sure everybody hears my opinion. Listen, if your opinion, in my opinion, doesn't line up with the Scripture's, then what's the point? What's the point? Well, I just, I live in the United States of America and I should be able to share whatever I want to share. Well, what's your citizenship? Is it is it the United States of America or is it the kingdom of God? Which one is it first? Because whatever citizenship you have first will dictate how you make that decision. You know, how about this? Considering some of the things that are posted and tweeted and all this nonsense... How about this? Does it pass this test? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And I can already I can already hear. Well, I, I'm typing it, I'm not saying it. Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, and just because you're not saying it, you're typing it, same thing. And on top of that, when it comes to gossip, you know, it's obvious the gossiper's in sin but do you know that listening to gossip makes you just as much of a sinner? That you're you're actually talking to someone that's talking about someone else behind their back. You think that's not sinful? And and then you're like, "Well, you know, we're just going to pray about it." Well, then if a brother has a problem with someone, let's pray about them generically and then drop Matthew 18. Go take care of it. And at any rate, we went in depth on this last night. Get the Bible study. Go to our website and, or go to our app and go to our app and you can put in the number 1204 or to our website, 2nd Kings 3, and it is a powerful Bible study on uh, on this topic. I mean it's not just this topic, but we spent some time on it. 303 690 3000 Let's go to line number one is Adrian calling from Aurora, Colorado. Adrian, welcome to the program. Hey Adrian, you still with us? Okay, Adrian probably dropped off. So here's the deal. Here's the question: Thirteen-year-old son doesn't want to go to church. Okay, um, I can understand uh, this transitional chis- uh, this transitional age. Uh, Trent is is Adrian still there? I just want to make sure that that I'm okay. So Adrian did drop, but I'm going to answer this question anyway. And you could call back Adrian if you have a. a a response, but, you know, we have to, we, we have, the first response, you know, people listening to this, it might be, just make them go to church. Okay. Um, but what's the goal? What's the end goal? Is the end goal to get a kid in church or is the end goal to capture a kid's heart for the things of the Lord? And I'm going to choose the latter. Um, I believe that it's, it's God's goal to capture the heart of this kid. And church and church attendance is just part of the package. It's an important part of the package, but I don't think we should overreact Adrian uh, and drop the hammer or you know flip out and get angry and and take on a fight with a thirteen year old that doesn't really even need to be a fight. This is how we raised our kids, and I'm just gonna maybe you guys listening have your own um ways of handling these things, but this is how we. Because my kids were kids, not not just not just because they're a pastor's kid, but they're my kids. Like, so forget about the the role that I have as a pastor, just as a dad. Um, I was a, I am a pastor, and they did come to our church, but not because we were trying to put on some show and say, "Oh, look, everyone, my family comes to church." No, I was raising my kids, and I want to raise them under the Lord. Um, I'm not I'm not raising my kids to be on display for the church. I'm raising my kids to follow Jesus Christ, and. And so here was the underlying rule in our house. Uh, and it's never too late to start this. And I don't think it's a bad rule. And that is this. You live in my house. You eat my food. You sleep in my bedrooms. You wear the clothes that I purchased. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. So that even if you don't want to go to church, you are going to church with us. And that's it. It's non-negotiable. At 13, at 14, at 15, and, and even if it is necessary, even if it becomes something that's necessary for discipline, um, and, and I'm, I'm going to be blunt, and I think it's it's important, So I'm, but I'm not being blunt for the sake of being mean-spirited or like screaming at our kids, but 13-year-old kids don't run the house. They're going to do everything in their power and some 13-year-old kids are listening right now going, don't say it, don't say it, man, don't give away my secrets. I'm going to give away your secrets because Jesus loves you and it's not okay to manipulate your parents and it's not okay to, you know, threaten your parents or it's not okay. But I do have to say that for a 13-year-old that's not interested in church, there, there might be some underlying reasons, maybe bullying or something happened. We want to explore that uh it, it might be it, it's perceived as boring to them or uh, maybe they need to be sitting in the sanctuary with you for a while. I mean, we have youth groups, not all churches do, but we have a youth group where you know the youth groups for high school and junior high um, have dedicated pastors uh, and leaders that, that are dedicated to this age group uh, to pour into them. And it might be time for you to talk to the youth group leader in your church and just find out. You know, if something's going on. So I, I don't think we should overreact, number one. And number two, this is non negotiable in a believer's house. And three, maybe there's some underlying things that we don't want to neglect. Um, what is our what is my thirteen year old trying to tell me by saying, I don't want to go to church? What what exactly is that? It might they might need some kind of protection. They might need to to hear out and, you know, maybe they're being heard or um maybe they are um Maybe they're going through something that, that this is just the trigger that is going to open up a, a line of dialogue with you. Uh, so we don't want to set any of those aside. We want to be open and prayerful for the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide and to enable us as parents or grandparents uh, or single parents to disciple our kids. We're training our kids in the way, and, and so I'm not going to let my 13-year-old get away with this but I do want to get to the root of it because the root of it is not whether he goes to church or not. Because a kid can go to church and just totally ignore and blow it and you know blow it off and pretend. And that's not what we want either. We want them to be falling in love with the God that loves them and sent their own sent his own son Jesus Christ for them. So great, I'm sorry you didn't wait for us, Adrian, but great, great question. All right, we're gonna move on to line number two, it looks like, is Renata Hello. in Aurora, Colorado. Welcome to the program.
2: Thank you. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, I was calling for a prayer request. Um, I wouldn't call it uh, depression. I just seem to get a little um, sad during the holidays. Uh, both of my parents are gone, and I just recently buried two of my dogs. So it's it's a tough time for me. Um, I don't know where that's coming from, but it just seems like right around the holidays, I get this this feeling.
0: I'm sorry, it's it's normal uh, to around the holidays to be reminded of of our losses and to re- be reminded of particular sad points in our lives. You know, as we look around and we see so many celebrating and we see so many smiles and such a joyful atmosphere that it, it triggers uh, in those folks that have, has, have a particular pain point in their life, um, it's often a trigger uh, to relive right. those memories, and, and it makes us sad.
2: Yeah. And my boyfriend seems to think that I need counseling, and I don't need counseling. I'm fine. It's just a miss, you know, not spending the holidays with my parents.
0: Yes. Well, here's what I'll do. I'll pray for you, and then if you email me, I'll send you a couple resources on this topic okay. that have really helped me personally. I'll send okay. you I'll send you the links to them so that you can purchase them. But um two books in particular have really ministered to me in this in this realm okay. of of depression. Uh and okay. my depression is directly related to the loss of my son, and so um it comes and goes. Christmas can yeah. be a rough time. And let me see. One is a little pamphlet. It's, it's called The Topic is Depression. And the woman that wrote it, Margaret Ashmore, is just a fine godly woman uh, who I know personally and has come out to serve us. And the other one is a a, a book by the name. It's called uh, Depression. Uh, and his name is Welch. But I'll send you links to Amazon where you can just um, purchase them and, and just kind of sow seeds uh, into your okay. life. You know what? One of the recommendations, like your boyfriend says, you know, you need counseling, um, I wouldn't immediately dismiss it um, because talking through things, you know, counseling doesn't have to be to the deep, deep rooted area like you're such a bad person and you need to get fixed. Right. It could just right. be talking through things so that you come to a new milestone when you think back to this sad part, sad point in your life. Okay. So let me pray for you thank you uh <clears throat> father i pray for my sister renata as she you know processes especially around the especially around the holidays god uh, the loss in her life and and just the sadness that that the memories bring back and you know this low grade depression that seems to take root and uh, even to the point where some around her you know think that she needs some other kind of help god and and, and you're the you're the you're the one that created us you know what sin has done to our bodies, Lord, where our bodies and our minds are, are all broken to some degree, and, and yet you're also renewing our minds, and, and you're transforming our minds, and you're the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulation. So I just pray that truth into my sister's life, and that you would encourage her and strengthen her, and uh, Lord, that you would remove this cloud from her life that she might be able to enjoy the holidays and, and just enjoy any time it comes back in a way that she hasn't been able to in a while. In Jesus' name,
2: amen. Thank you. Thank
0: you so much. And so my, my email is Pastor Ed at calvaryaurora.org. pastored at
2: calvaryaurora.org. Yep. Okay, thank and, you so much. Just
0: do me a favor. Just remind me of the conversation because I get a lot of email.
2: I will. Thank
0: you. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. bye bye 303 is the number. Moving on to Colorado Springs, Colorado. Joe, welcome to the program.
3: Thanks for having me.
0: You're welcome. What's up?
3: So my question is, since we're around the holidays and it's Christmas, um, should Christians observe Christmas?
0: When you say that, what do you mean by that?
3: Well, just because I read it um, in Jeremiah chapter ten that we shouldn't do it the heathens and uh, cut a tree and uh, you know and deck it with gold and silver.
0: Right. So, so when you when you look at Jeremiah and you look at that passage, are you decorating a tree to worship a false god? No. Then it would be okay. If okay. you're doing it to worship a false god, then Jeremiah prohibits that. Okay. Right. so so I understand your question. The answer would be um in in a broader sense, should a Christian celebrate Christ- Christmas it's not mandatory that a Christian celebrate Christmas uh neither is it forbidden uh, for uh for a Christian to celebrate a holiday like this um if if the celebration is a is idolatry uh if the celebration you know because i think I think that the challenge for us in our culture you know taking us a few thousand years from jeremiah the the challenge for us is the whole commercialism of it all Uh and what do we do with this this crazy character named santa claus you know from my in my my children learned that he's not a real person that's what i told them, um but i didn't make them run away from him in the mall or anything you know and uh uh, it's just a guy dressed up you know just like at disneyland it's just a guy gal dressed up as mickey mouse and minnie mouse it's in that category and and so the, i think the challenges for us um are to w- how do we celebrate if we choose to and and so the jeremiah passage really isn't a forbidding uh christmas as much as it is for getting pagan license- you know that was a real bad way that they worshiped too back then that was very sexual and um, right. very licentious with trees and poles and stuff like that. Um, um and, and then I'm, I'm thinking, um, you know, I want to say it is, uh, I want to say it's in Romans, but for some reason it's not coming up, but, um, it's, there's, there's a passage of scripture that talks about, you know, if you decide to worship some, if you decide to celebrate a day then you do it unto the Lord and if you decide not to celebrate that day then you do that unto the Lord so ultimately your decisions are made yes or no unto the Lord
1: Okay All right
2: well that was my question
0: That's a great question it always you know it's a it's the 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 times of the seasons always bring that up and uh you know there's varying opinions of this uh there are uh, varying sides to it, and you know, for us as believers, we really have to make sure that we don't make decisions that go against our conscience. Right. And,
3: what about the feast days?
1: Should we observe feast days? And
0: yeah, feast days. So I would as apply. As Passover, it would be. A, just,
1: Pentecost.
0: Same answer applies. You know, those feast days were were shadows and types of the coming of messiah Mm -hmm. and they were given to the nation of israel to commemorate the activities of the nation of israel the feasts were encompassing uh, of the old covenant Um, but that doesn't mean that we have to celebrate them neither does it mean we should avoid them Um, there's great richness in the feasts uh, and in the communication piece you know you think of the feast of tabernacles for example where the Feast of Tabernacles you would you go out and you would make a little um lean to of sticks and things, a little uh, kind of a little clubhouse that you would put out, and you'd go out with your kids and you'd lay down and you look through the the thatched roof of your little of, of your little lean to, and you'd look up at the stars and you begin to talk about the faithfulness of God and how good He is, and the Passover. I mean, the Passover is a beautiful. We do a Passover Seder in our church around the time of Resurrection. Why? Because the Passover speaks of Jesus Christ, and mm-hmm. and so if a person decides not to celebrate that day, then then they should, as unto the Lord. Uh, if the if if someone chooses to say no, you know, I have the fullness of Jesus Christ, then they you know that's they can do that too. Right. Okay. It's not mandatory on us.
1: Okay. Well,
0: I appreciate it. Great questions. So appreciate it. God bless you, man. Thank you.
3: God bless you.
0: Bye-bye. All right, bye bye. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Let's see here, Alex. Alex on line number three. He's calling from Denver, Colorado. Alex, welcome to the program.
3: Hey, Pastor. How how are you?
0: Good. How are you, bro? Uh,
3: I'm doing well. Hey, I just wanted to ask you a couple of questions about uh, losing a, a loved one.
2: Okay. Um,
3: I believe that you have some resources that you shared with uh, one of the callers earlier.
0: Okay, yes.
3: So I, I do have your email, and I will forward you uh, you know a little, a little message, so maybe you can share those okay. uh, resources uh, with me I as will. well. I will, for sure. So uh, about a year ago, no, not about a year ago, December 1st, um, I lost my mom to a battle to cancer, and um, I haven't really, I feel that I haven't really mourned her at all. Um, Basically, I just kind of put an autopilot, um, autopilot attitude. Okay, and um, you know my my family. There's a lot of issues going on with um, family members, and uh, my mom was that pillar for for everyone. And in a way, I guess that uh, I inherited that role, and I'm just trying to be there for my family. Ultimately, I know that the Lord will grant me to to see my mother again, and, and the joy of the Lord is my strength. But I just would like to be able to talk about it and, and, and you know, use it for the yes. glory of God.
0: Well, one of, the things, one of the things that you can do right away is you can go to this website. It's called griefshare.org.
3: Okay, easy.
0: Grief, griefshare.org. And there are a couple things there. There are some, a lot of resources to help you start to process the loss okay. of your mom and, and, and to, to step into you know, the, the grieving process. Now, you know, it sounds like you're at a place where you're ready. And the second thing that you'll find there are groups that meet around the city. They actually meet around the country, but they meet around the city. We have, we have groups in our church. They'll meet beginning in January after, after the holidays. and. Okay. Um, you can begin I think it's twelve or fourteen weeks of coming together with others that are going through the same thing and and it it will it will really encourage you and strengthen you to um, to grow in taking these steps and processing your loss all right so do me a favor we're coming up on the break, so definitely email me and and I'll put you. I'll, I'll, get, I'll send you some links for resources uh, that will really begin to open up a channel of your heart for the Holy Spirit to bring comfort and encouragement uh, in the loss of your mom.
3: Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate it.
0: You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, we're coming up on the first half of the program, our first break, uh, which means uh, two lines are open, 303-690-3000, 303 690 we got a question coming up from Pittsburgh and then Pueblo, Colorado. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pueblo. We'll be right back. Stick with us. One line's open now. One line. We'll be
2: right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at
0: 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to Calvary Live. So glad you chose to join us and my name is Ed. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Aurora. It's where Grace FM is broadcast. We Grace FM, the ministry of Grace FM is a is a ministry outreach of our church and it is a church-run radio station. It's not one of those large uh, corporations, but it's a church station and we're glad to have it. And it is the end of the year, so we want to remind you, if you can help, you want to help Grace FM, you want to support financially, uh, the work, you believe in us, you believe in the teaching, then go to gracefm.com, gracefm.com, and just click on the donate button or the give button, whatever it says up there, and, and donate unto the Lord, would you? Because there are hard costs associated with uh, radio that the bills come every month, every month, every month, and whether it's paying electricity or it's staff or it is computers or I was just thinking, uh, listening to uh, you know Grace FM, just the website costs money, <clears throat> and uh, and so man, if this station's blessed you uh, and it's just been something that the Lord has used in your life or your family's life, or please do make it a regular thing. Uh, you can go to gracefm.com. GraceFM.com. It'll redirect you to our church uh, because that's the giving unit is to our church. So um, just donate. Let the Lord bless you uh, and be blessed and bless us, would you, to help us with the costs? And, and they're ongoing all the time. Bills come every month. They're so regular. Uh, they come every month. GraceFM.com. Give me a call, 303 690 3000, and then texting 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. We're going to move on to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. On line number two is Elizabeth. Elizabeth, welcome to the program.
2: Hi. Hello. Thank Hi, you. Hi, Elizabeth. You're welcome. Um, I have a question. Um, I've been okay. married for two and a half years. Um, me and my husband, we um have we share we have share custody of his nephew with his mother. And right now, in our marriage, we're going through a really turbulent time. And he's been—he's only—he's become violent one time. Um, he did tell me that it would not happen again. But I'm just trying to figure out what's the best course of action if I was thinking about possibly separating. And biblically, what is the length of time maybe that we should um, separate if, like, if it does come to that?
0: That's a good question because you know for for us as as we read the scriptures, um, we will you'll never hear counsel from you know us as pastors here at Calvary to divorce because God hates divorce, and our goal will to be to do everything that we possibly can to rescue a marriage and to get the husband and the wife, both of them back on track in their relationship with God and in their relationship with one another. And so even when there's biblical grounds for divorce, we're going to encourage God's best and not the second best or third best because there are children involved and and there's no need for for the sinful actions of one of the spouses or both of them to dissolve a marriage. So let's go back to some of the details that you shared. Number one, in no way whatsoever is it necessary for you to subject yourself to violence in a marriage. And so your safety and the safety of the children in your care is of utmost importance. And 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 before you make any decisions after that, you know, if there is violence, then you want to be in a safe place in order to process everything going through. And and of course involve the authorities. Uh you're going to want to call the police if there's violence. You know, there you want to get the people involved to to bring about equity and justice and protection, and so the Bible never um, mandates that a woman or a man, but most like almost all the time it's violence toward the woman toward the wife that you have to live with that that you have to live under that because that 's what God wants no God wants you guys safe and he wants you reconciled with him um, and secondly there there is there is room in the Bible for a biblical separation. And that time apart is to be short, I don't know how long, uh, for time of prayer and fasting. So the Bible doesn't say two weeks or 10 weeks or whatever. It just says if you're separate, then you're going to do that for prayer and fasting and then you're going to come back together quickly so that the devil doesn't take advantage of the separation. And the best thing to do is, in your church family there in Pittsburgh, uh, the best thing to do because a radio program can't really deal with all the intricacies of the difficulties uh, That you're going through but to sit down with the pastoral staff You know somebody on the pastoral team one of the gals one of the wise women there and a pastor uh, And talk this through And if he and if your husband can go with you uh, that would be the best uh, So you guys could really talk through these things and start working on some of the issues that have got you here
2: Okay, and he, and, and, and... By chance, he's not interested in going with me. I could go
0: by myself. I see. You bet. Okay. Yes. And, you know, you're not, I, you're not going to have long-term counseling with a pastor. Um, you're going to have long-term counseling with a pastor maybe and his wife or with a godly woman from the church. Okay. That would be the best, right? Because the Bible says that the older women are to instruct the younger women and and so we want to pray for that godly woman to come into your life to help you with this situation the way it is right now. But again, just make sure you're safe and not in harm's way. That's very, very important. Okay. Okay. So can I pray for you? Yes. God, I pray for my friend Elizabeth as she uh, just deals with the reality of her marriage and uh, uh, just having to process the reality of the craziness of her life and how it didn't line up, it's not lining up right now with what she expected and then trying to process that through the lens of the scriptures and what she's to do and how she's to do it. Would you raise up that godly woman uh, in her church family? Maybe even the pastor and his wife or a pastor and his wife that, or one of the elders uh, that could just come alongside and, and help Elizabeth take the steps that are needed uh, in order to Reconcile, we pray that this marriage be reconciled, we pray that her husband would would humble himself before you, God, and love you with all his heart, soul and mind, and strength and love his neighbor or his wife as Christ loved the church, and we know it's not impossible, even as time and time again i've been I have been uh, thinking through the the um Lord I've just been thinking through my own testimony and the person that Marie married uh and how she uh, almost left me a couple times because um, she sh- she could have. I was a very bad man. But you can change very bad men uh, into being good men. And so I know that you can do that in Elizabeth's life. She may not, you know, it may not be the hope. I mean, it may not be like where she's at right now. Uh, but God, you can do that work in her heart. In Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Amen. Thanks, Pastor.
0: And I just wanted you to know that. I've been sharing our testimony lately a lot. And, and my wife, we've been married 28 years now. And we were together in high school before that uh, and had a child together, um, which is kind of what kept us connected, uh, but not necessarily together all those years. But she married a, just a jerk. And, and once she got married, it got worse. Because in my mind, I began to think, well, now she's married. She's not going anywhere. And I was very abusive, and very mean spirited. Of course, I wasn't saved. The real key in my life was I needed to humble myself before God, uh, and be and and be born again. Um, but but it's possible, you know. It's possible that God can intervene in your husband's life and change him in a very real way, because uh, it sounds like the way you're describing it, uh, he needs to be changed.
2: Well, um, I, I I appreciate your words of encouragement and just your words of wisdom. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. Bye bye. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Um, let's see who's next here. Day, no, Neil, line one, Neil in Pueblo, Colorado. Neil, welcome to the program.
4: Good evening, Pastor Ed. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. How are you?
4: Um, I'm blessed. Thank you. <laughs> um, looking for a little advice from you, kind of relates to how you started out the show this evening um, okay. about people contacting you if they feel it's necessary. I've got a brother that had, we'll just say, he had wronged me and some family members and has chosen to isolate himself because he feels he's in the right, but it's more than evident that he was in the wrong. Biblically, would we be best to wait and allow him to come around to recognize his faults, or should we just call and try to mend a relationship? Kind of wondering what avenue to take. If I should just stand by and wait or what?
0: Well, it really depends on, on whether he would accept a call or not. You know, I think sometimes there are situations where, you know, you've you've reached out a couple of times and then the other party says, don't ever reach out to me again. And in those situations, it's just better to wait for things to change uh, because they're not in any condition to receive it. And if they do change, then they'll reach out to you. Uh, and, and, and there are other times when the door is always open and every once in a while you try it. And to see if if they're wet, ready or willing uh, to meet you in the middle. If they're ready and willing to repent. If they're ready and willing to talk. Um, you know, these family situations are very sticky and very difficult. So the answer is really going to to depend upon the you know to depend upon the the circumstances and the things of where the relationship really is right now.
4: Okay, that makes sense. I mean, I feel unfortunately that, yeah, the call would be accepted, but the admittance of wrongdoing, however, would probably not occur, so uh, I think best is just I'll keep praying on it, and when I feel God's got the right time, and if I need to, I'll make a call right. you agree?
0: I think that's wise, and if you um I was thinking too when I saw the when I saw the call on the call screen, I was thinking that that it would be good if you emailed me and I'll send you a little pamphlet that we use here on it's, it's called the title is very simple. It's forgiveness and reconciliation or something like that. And some real practical, good practical things in that pamphlet of what the Bible has to say about forgiveness and how, how, how important it is for us to forgive, even if they don't want to talk to us because, you know, forgiveness is releasing someone from their debt and forgiveness doesn't always reconcile but there will be no reconciliation unless there's forgiveness.
4: That makes sense. Okay. Um, and then just one last part. Uh, okay. This might seem a little bit off, but just curious. Uh, I see so many pastors who are put in the role of always having to pray for everybody else. Is there anything okay. that uh, I can be praying for you about?
0: You know, there there is. Um, the one of the things you can pray about is is there's some family stuff going on in our family too. Um, you know some things that are outside of our control and and if you when you remember us you know remember it as as you just remember the ministry here or you remember me you just you can just bring before god uh, you know ed ed has this this situation lord and and it's it's multifaceted it's kind of how you're feeling um, it's there's so many pieces to it uh, that a human can't solve it but god can solve it and and so it's good that you ask because sometimes people also will look at pastors and go, well, you know, they've got it all made, they have no problems, they never go through anything, and <laughs> that's just not true. And you know, people, you know, people can be really cruel and mean and d- and difficult, and uh, and and just like the Bible says, you know, uh, it looks like they're getting away with it, but they're not.
4: God sees all, so
0: <laughs> he does including us, you know, including our hearts and what he needs to clean up in us. And so I appreciate when you remember us, just say, and you know, that's the personal side on the ministry side. You know, when you think of Calvary and the radio station, just, just pray that God will open doors, like huge open doors. um, Just what the Lord wants to accomplish uh, and just to do more in these last days. We don't want to, we don't want to go backwards. We want to go forward
4: amen to that. So thank you for, for your ministry and all that you do, Pastor. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you, brother, for offering to pray. I receive it.
4: we Will do. So, um, Would you like me to pray off-air on my own time, or would you like that at this oh, point? No, do
0: it right now. No, let's do okay. it now. All right.
4: Um, Heavenly Father, I just want to come before you with a humble heart, asking yes, that uh, you would be with Pastor Ed and his ministry and the problems that are brought before him. Um, I know he's a godly man, and Just ask that you continue to give him the guidance that he needs for both his heart and his tongue, Lord. Just allow us to all proceed through these difficult times and these trials, um, keeping you at the forefront so that we know that the outcome will honor you, Lord. uh, We just want to give all glory to you. And as Pastor said, at these times of our world that so many struggles Um, Right. Just to help everybody to come to you and recognize the the gift and the glory of your Son Jesus Christ. So, just thank you for all of this, Lord. Yes. In Your name we pray. Yes, Lord.
0: Amen. 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 And I pray for my brother, God, as he has his own things that he is. You know, it's just on his heart today. You know, it was on his mind and on his heart. And and uh, these family things can be so devastatingly hard and difficult. And and um, you know, pride gets in the way and arrogance and. And then, you know, things are outside, so much is outside of our control, but not yours, God. And so I pray for Neil and his family and that you would continue to use uh, your Holy Spirit to lead and guide, that that just from the inside, Neil has the Spirit of God in him to lead him and guide him. And we pray for reconciliation because that's where you get the glory, Lord. You don't get the glory in division and gossip and rumors. You get the, the glory in reconciliation, in humility, and in brokenness. And may that be... Uh, forever how we are described and live our lives in Jesus' name. Amen.
4: Amen. Thank you, Pastor, and uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family.
0: Thank you, brother. God bless you.
4: God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: 303-690-3000. So I got a text uh, in my text box here. It says, Blessed to hear your testimony of how God pulled your marriage through. Never underestimate the power of sharing it. Uh, it's reoccurring victory over the accuser of the brethren and and I agree, and I know this brother and so thank you for the text and I was just thinking of one of the dramatic things that changed in my life, uh, and i this is going to be directly toward husbands, especially husbands that are not enjoying their marriage right now and i 'll tell you the one of the main things that transformed in my life is how I viewed my wife. And prior to being saved, I viewed my wife as someone to please me. Very selfish. Very selfishly. I viewed a wife, and, and, and it was Marie, but if it wasn't Marie, I just viewed, I, I viewed, if I ever had a wife, she was there for me uh, and uh, she was there to serve me. And when I was born again and God began to teach me what my role was, the biggest shift and change, and I'm not saying I'm a perfect man in this because Marie's listening; she's probably laughing at the radio. So I'm not saying I'm not saying a perfect man in this at all whatsoever. But I'll tell you, there was a shift, and that was, man, I'm here for my wife. I'm here to serve her, to take care of her, like the vows say, to have and to hold her. And I was just thinking, you know, the the fun and the joy that God has intended for us to have in our marriage, um, to to and our families. It doesn't have to be so chaotic, and it doesn't have to be so. It doesn't have to be anything where you seek it, seek some, your fun and happiness and joy outside of marriage. And it's true, there are a lot of challenges. There's financial challenges. There's personal challenges. Where you know, marriage was invented by God because it would be hard for a man to invent this. You know, two selfish people coming into the home, um, uniting in, together, and and yet still incredibly selfish you know, having kid, creating little selfish kids. Um, But the Holy Spirit is able to fill us with the fruit of the Spirit. And that was the big change. That was the big, big change uh, that that happened in my life. And, And, of course, God's still growing me on how to love my wife as Christ loved the church. All right, let's go on to Dave in Castle Rock. Dave, welcome to the program.
1: good evening, Pastor Ed. Good evening. It's a real pleasure to get to speak with you. I really enjoy your teaching, and uh, thank thank you you again for the reminder that the last caller made, that uh, people in the pastorate are not immune to problems and struggles, and I will certainly be lifting you and yours up in my prayers. Thank you. So I wanted to ask a question about uh, the song of the vineyard written in Isaiah chapter 5, being that that's... uh, Book full of messianic prophecy, and yes. ask if there is uh, any prophecy in that section of uh, scripture alluding to Jesus as the Messiah.
0: Uh, that is a good question. I'd have to scan through really quick, um, trying to think. I'm looking at it. I mean, it, it is definitely a the first part of it, just kind of going through, or the woes of God toward Israel against their rebellion against him um and then it turns stretched out his hand he will lift up a banner to the nations afar no one will weary or stumble his arrows are sharp just a quick look i don't see i don't see any messianic references but that doesn't mean it isn't um
1: well the reason um, i ask is there's um the parable of the vineyard workers And I I see that in that there's um, some connection to this, at least as it was taught uh, when I heard the teaching on that parable in my home church. And I'm thinking, and this might be a stretch, so I I definitely don't want to be thinking falsely about the Word, so I guess I'm calling uh, to find out if I'm thinking incorrectly, that there's the wine press which serves as the, the mechanism or the machine by which the yield of the grapes... Is gotten, and I see that um, Isaiah is talking about this vineyard as more or less the world, and there was the expectation that it would yield good grapes. However, unfortunately, it yielded wild grapes. And Jesus speaks of Himself as being the vine, and we are the branches. And apart from Him, we can bear no f- fruit. Uh, but I'm wondering if being there's the the function of a wine press where the Grapes are literally stepped on and crushed so that they will breed from them what's desirable, that, that wine juice or the grape juice that's then fermented in the wine. Is that something that perhaps God is wanting to illustrate for us, or am I way off track?
0: Well, l- a couple things. You know, when you if you bring it into the question of the Messianic type of, of is there any Messianic uh, directive, prophecies in here. I don't see that, but that doesn't mean that there's not a lot of great illustrations um, that would reflect, you know, the, the wine press. The wine press almost always speaks of judgment, the judgment of God. Isaiah five is a is a chapter of judgment. Um, I do agree with you that in John 15, uh Jesus describing himself as the vine uh and where his branches and where to abide in him, I think comes from Isaiah five. Um, the idea of God using a wine press as judgment upon the grapes you know the upon the nation of Israel is definitely possible, so we just have to make sure we 're in the right categories you know so when you 're saying i, I don 't know if i'm i 'm thinking incorrectly, think of it this way when you 're handling a text, you make observations in the text, then you develop interpretations of the text, and then you come to your application and one of the what you 're thinking of what you described are some applications, and I think those applications would fit um, this text. Um, But the the root of it was God's word to uh, the nation of Israel. It's an indictment, really, um, of the nation of Israel where God's like, "I've, I've done so much for you and you've yielded nothing but wild bitter grapes.
1: Okay, terrific. Well, I sure do appreciate your insight, and I definitely wanted to inquire of your knowledge since uh, you're certainly more experienced and versed in the scriptures than I am, and I thank you yeah. so much for your take.
0: You're welcome. Isaiah isn't some a book I've taught yet, so I can't wait uh, to go through it. I've used it in my devos for many, many times over, but I can't wait to teach through it. And one other thing I wanted to give you that may be of interest to you is a basic book on biblical interpretation like to teach you how to handle the text the same way we were taught I don't know if you're interested in something like that
1: yeah I sure would be
0: okay would you email me and just remind me of our conversation and I'll respond back to you with a link uh, for a book by Skip Heitzig on, on how to what we call inductively study the Bible
1: okay and your email address I think you shared it earlier is Pastor Ed at calvaryaurora.org
0: That's perfect. That's it.
1: All right. Well, I sure do uh, appreciate your time, and I'll be sure to get in touch via email.
0: Okay, perfect. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. We still have time. Probably one more call. We'll go to Diane uh, in New Jersey. uh, Line 2, Diane, welcome to the
2: program. Hi. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, I'm just calling, I guess, for a prayer request. I've been so downhearted since um my son uh Glenn twenty four has walked away from his faith. He um was raised in uh Calvary Chapel and we believe, you know, in the inerrant word of God and um verse by verse teaching for years. I just uh he did mission trips in um uh, Nepal, Russia. Uh I can go on. It just he was so on fire for Christ and uh we even went to worship leader uh, school in Colorado for a while, and okay. um, then he went to um, King's College in New York and City. And uh, for for a semester, he got grants because we couldn't afford it. Anyway, he had lunch with a professor, and they told him that he was you know keeping God in a box by only sticking with the word of God. That like, God's mm. so much bigger than the Bible, and it just it just planted that seed. And I guess for whatever reason, uh, you know, he was ready to explore, and he just. Slowly faded. It was a slow fade, and over the last um. year now, he doesn't even know if God's real. Like it's, and it's it's so disheartening to see such a a, a drastic change in my son. And of course, I love him. He's still my son, and yeah. um, I know it's the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm standing on His Word that He's going to complete the good work He began in him. Um, my daughter is questioning if he was even saved at all. Like to be such a drastic walk away, so I don't know, you know, God knows his heart. Um, it's just difficult, well, that, very, very difficult. What's his name? Glenn.
0: God, we lift up Glenn to you right now because he's in a he's in a mode of being uh, talked out of faith, Lord, and these doubts have been sown in his heart and his mind, and, and God, we pray for that implanted seed of the gospel uh, yes. to come back to life, Lord, and yes. bypass his mind where he's explaining things away and come back to a place of faith based on the facts that he already knows, um, Back, based on the place where uh, he needs to be. And so just bring him back, Lord. Strengthen him and be with his mom. You hear a praying mom, and every time you're in the scriptures of someone bringing their kids to you, um, you— uh, you don't deny them. You meet them right thank where you. they're at. And so I just pray thank from this mom, I pray you to comfort her and encourage her as we wait for her son to return. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Thank you so much, Pastor. Praise Alrighty,
1: God. All right,
0: thanks for calling. Bye-bye. God
1: bless. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, we come to the end of our program today. I want to thank you guys for joining us and praying for us. And and I mentioned earlier, um, we are at the in, end of the year, and you can really help us get a strong start for the new year financially, if you want to give to Grace FM. Uh, you know, I'm the uh, pastor here at Calvary Aurora, and Grace FM is a two full-power radio stations, uh, two full-power radio stations. So um, we have to keep them going, uh, and your giving helps to do that. You know, we got monthly bills. So if you want to give, please do. Uh, go to gracefm.com, uh, and you can give right through there. And we want to pray for Peter and our um, uh, Paul in... Uh, he, he has a prayer request uh, they are pregnant after a previous miscarriage so God we just pray for Paul and his wife uh, that you would um, keep that baby strong and I know how scary scary it might be uh, to um, have a miscarriage and, and then um, and then be fr- afraid for the next. but I know that my little grandson Levi was born after a miscarriage. And wherever he is right now, Lord, bless him. Can't wait to see him one day and be a part of his life. So we just pray for him and we pray for Paul because it's possible a baby can come after a miscarriage. It's amazing. You've been listening to
2: Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.